It's the Hip Hop Matrix Show. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. It's the Hip Hop Matrix Show with Jay Hall and DJ Academics. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing more. Let's get it. Everybody uses, but it's not okay. Yeah, right, right. Not even one recep, not even one receptionist that I asked. Well, well, well. First of all, man, let's talk about the obvious, bro. I'm, I'm checking out the studio on the wall, man. It looks dope, man. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's my, 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 my little wall of fame. I guess you put it like that. A lot of artists that I've, you know, connected with, and you know came in contact with over the years of my career just a little reminder you know puts me in my in my creative space you know how was the studio doing like how how is it coming together when can we get the when can we get the virtual tour we do the virtual tour we'll do it next time we'll do it next time okay okay but it's coming together good oh it's coming together great it's basically i mean it's just about done i just gotta put the door on the wall that's it Got gotcha. you. Gotta add the door. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought this would be a good time for us to you know come back because you know me and you people may think but you know you and I talk all the time we just been busy you know what I'm saying so it's like I thought this would be a good one to kind of come in and yeah you know talk about ourselves a little bit about like what we've been doing because you know we spend so much time talking about everything else but we got a lot going on that we kind of need to like kind of get into but let's let's start with the obvious first with you. How you feel getting out of Instagram jail and how that happened? Just, just like, can you explain like how that happened, please? Well, it's a, it, it's, it was a crazy thing. I woke up one day, I got a message, and I was gonna put this out there too on a different, on a different platform. Well, I was gonna put this out there as well. But um, yeah, my page, I got reported by somebody, you know, that I was, I was pretending to be somebody else, not my, not being myself. So um. I knew what that was. So, of course, the powers that be, I had to call on the big dogs, call Intercom, you know, radio station. They called, um, they called, which one? They called um, Instagram. I had to get corporations to call Instagram because, you know, they're a billion-dollar company without without a, without a customer service branch. So, but, um, but yeah, so I took, took like two weeks, but if I finally got my account back after they proved that I only want to be me because it's nobody else that I would want to be, I mean... Come on, man. Come on, man. And I know it was. Somebody was trying to get my username, and, and it didn't work. But, I mean, if they really wanted, I mean, let's just do a charity fight for it. Let's just, um, you know, let's just let's do a charity fight. We can um, we can donate the proceeds. We can donate the proceeds to Texas. We can do uh, however. Loser, loser, um, loser changes his name. Yeah, we, we can do that. We can do a, we can do a charity boxing match. I mean, we can do MMA, too, if, you, if, if they want. So, I mean, is it is it okay to talk about the obvious? Is it okay to mention the obvious? Or you wanted to save that? Like, it's okay to mention the obvious? Yeah, you can mention the obvious. Okay, so we're talking about academics. Correct. Okay, cool. So, you may feel or you know, because of parties that be, that academics had a problem with your name. I can't, I mean, I can't say he, that he actually did it because I don't have that proof. But, I mean, it had to come from somewhere. So, I would I would assume that that's what... um. Oh, as an educated guest, that that's where it came from. Okay. And um, and if that's the and if that's the issue, and if he wants my he wants to go 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 head to head for it, I mean, hey, let's just just make it fun and 
make it uh, make it a good PR thing for everybody. You know, he, he loves type, that type of stuff. So I mean, hey, I'm not a gangster, so he can't play the no card. Uh, I'm not I'm not a gangster, so I'm just I'm a family guy, a DJ, a real DJ. I mean, I'm I'm actually in the in the community. Helping out the kids, helping out businesses, helping out, you know, everyday people. He's in his room. Uh, I'm actually going to schools. I mean, he's in his room. I'm actually, you know, in the clubs. I mean, he's in his room. I'm actually, you know, a a DJ is actually DJing and, you know, he's in his room. But um, if if he wants to battle for the name, man, let's just make it fun. Let's do a charity boxing match. We can do a charity MMA match. We can even do a charity DJ battle if you want. Lose the change his name. And, and, and all the proceeds can go to all the proceeds can go to to Texas. It can go anywhere you want, any 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 foundation or whatever. That's that's interesting that we tap on that because this is this is an interesting place and it kind of leads. First time I've actually said said dude's name. No, 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 and that's fine. But here's here's where timing is everything, right? We I, you have you been watching the documentary Hip Hop Uncovered? Yes, amazing documentary. So you know it, it has. Detroit's own Trick Trick on there. And once upon a time, Trick Trick and Trick Daddy had an issue over their name. And at that time, Trick Daddy was top of the charts. You know, he was more known. But Trick Trick, if you're from Detroit, had been around since forever. So it's kind of like, who's to say who had what name first and what name, what, what, what is he supposed to do with his name? So well, I definitely we, had the name first. That's that's not even that's not even a question. I've been DJ Academic since two thousand, since the year two thousand. That's documented, and that's um since MySpace. I've been DJ Academics, and that's why I have the usernames because I was Academics first. So I've been in radio for ten years under that name, so it's been it's it's documented, and I uh, you know I have copyrights and and DVAs and LLC and so well, not LLC sole proprietorships, which is a totally different thing. It is. It is. So I that's under I, the name. So that's why I said, I guess my question is, and especially in the, in, the, in the since the culture has become so big, is there a place for two people to have the same names and for people to distinguish both of them? Like, can they separate the two, or does it always does it have to be someone have to give it a name? Just just a question, approach. Well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, there was always there was two Dr. Dre's. I agree. I mean, one. I mean, one was you know they're, they're two do- totally different, totally different calibers of, of Dr. Dre's. But I mean, Dr. Dre producer and Beats by Dre's a whole different person. But you know, Dr. Dre was successful in his own right as well. So um, Ed Love and Dr. Dre. I about to say Ed Love. Yeah, I about to say not even Beats by Dre, but Ed Love and Dr. Dre. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was he was still successful in his own right. He had a he had a long career. He was on MTV. He um, hosted a lot of parties. He did radio for a long time. He yeah, was very legend. Successful in his legend. Own right. Legend. And, and although I'm saying that he, he's the um, he, he may be the academics that more people know, but I mean I'm the academics that more people respect. So um, and and that's just how I feel about that. And I mean we can coexist. I mean we've been coexist. I've been coexisting with it since then because I believe in, in the people that know know. Mm-hmm. No, no. Mm-hmm. So it was only it was it was only probably like an issue when your IG account and all that other stuff got put you in jail. Yeah. That was that's the only time it really became an issue for you. Besides, I mean, even since I've known you, you never had an issue over there with dude. Like you never, you even privately, like you never. You was like, I'm just gonna keep on going, you know. But I guess it's now become an issue because now somebody's actually trying to stop you. Got it. Okay. Well, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, I I, I think a DJ battle would probably um, be better because I don't see no physical fight happening just because. No. But you know, you know, 
Boxing, that's, that's the, that's that, the, that ain't gonna happen, bro. That's that the ain't. Trend that. That's the trend now. That's the trend now. That would be that would be fun. It would be fun. I think everybody wants to see it. That ain't everybody gonna happen, bro. Want to see that. That, that, would be, that would be great. I'm all for it. Sign me up. Uh, call, call, call Floyd. Call me. Everybody, get the promoting. Let's get it going. He ha- he, he has no reason to do that. He's not he's not gonna do that. I just not for what I see of him. He's not gonna do that. Not that. Not that. That's that's not gonna happen. Might go back and forth with you on shade room or something like that. But I don't see no no charity boxing match. I just don't see it. Well, yeah, it's, it's 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 interesting, man. But I'm glad. Listen, the celebration is. I'm glad that you out. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that you back out. All this stuff. Yeah, you know it's authentic. Okay, you know we'll always stand the test of, of whatever you put it up against. So it's authentic. It's also, too, man, going to show you that a lot of times people be thinking that when somebody is on the other side, they think that they're alone. You know, and I think maybe if somebody would did their research, they would have known that you don't come alone either. You've been in this business for a long time either. You weren't just somebody who was sitting in your room. You can't. You know what you're doing. So I think it would have been whoever, whoever done that. They should did their research too and know who they was dealing with. Cause you you don't know who you're dealing with on the other end. Like you know what I'm saying. Like you don't you don't know. You don't you think that this person just might have been copying or whatever. But if you did your research, you might say like, oh wait a minute. Like there were two Stevie J's at one point, and there was a DJ Stevie J from my understanding, right? And, and DJs as well. Well, I mean, those, those aren't two DJs. So, but, um, yeah, because there is a DJ Stevie This ain't two DJs either. This ain't two DJs either. But I hear what you're saying, right? But, 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 you, know, but you know, one is, one, one person is, you know, is covering themselves as a DJ. Got so, you. It's not two DJ Stevie J's. There's a DJ Stevie J and there's a Stevie J. Right. Which, in all retrospect, there is a, it's a DJ academics, which is me, and they they have academics, which is a blogger, which I am, which I have no problem with that. I mean, he is academics. He, he's academics. He's the he's the blogger. That's him. He, he's academics. I'm DJ academics. Right. No, it's a difference. It's a difference, and I hear you on that. I, I hear you. I hear you. So yeah, man, you're 2021. So you're out of jail now. You're out of Instagram jail. What's what's going on? What's going on? Uh, I mean, uh, I never stop working. I mean, uh, just just keeping keeping things going. I mean, still on radio every day. Still um still doing parties. Had a had a club, uh, great party last night. I mean, uh, looking forward to the world over back in up. So I, I was mean, just gonna say. So how start, yeah. How is that when it comes to COVID? To these schools start reaching these kids. I'm still doing features, creators of the DMV, you know, highlight, you know, creators and individuals in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, you know, artists, painters, basically everything outside of, um, outside of, uh, of like rapping and singing. So basically all types of artistry outside of being a rapper and a singer. So I highlight all those photographers, uh, uh, painters, muralists, uh, clothing designers, all types of different things that are important to the culture that um, really don't get the shine that those people don't get the shine that they that they that they should get and give them their flowers right now. So I'm still, you know, highlighting those people in the community and staying staying in touch with all of that. How um when it comes to I, I I've been seeing you doing a lot of the digital interviews online. How's that been experience for you? And who's who stood out who stood out to you so far? Stood out to me so far. Uh, uh, fun interview I did. Uh, me and me and Roddy Rebel, you know, he just came home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. GS9, you know, him and Bobby Smyrna just came home, and Roddy was just. I mean, it was just seeing the growth in Roddy Rebel that was like, it was just astonishing. Like the, his his growth and maturation, just as a grown man. Like when they got locked up, I mean, 
he, he was he was still immature, but now like Roddy, the growth in Roddy, the way he speaks, what he understands, and the way he's moving now, it, it's great. It's great to see. How's that? You know, that's interesting, man. That we we see that because I didn't even realize how long it had been because it's all you know the Instagram social media. Can make, it it can make things it, it live. Was, it was only hot for six months. Yeah, it, it, that. Like they got signed in like July, and they was all of them got locked up in the summer. Yeah, it can make you feel like things. You know, the internet has a, a space of making things like live forever. Is my point. And so I didn't really realize that it was twenty fourteen. Yeah. But I'm saying for them, that was six, seven years of their life. Correct. Yeah. How you feel about that, man? <laughs> How you feel about the Bobby Shimmerda and Roddy Rebel coming home and being celebrated? Because you got some that would say that you're celebrating someone who committed a crime and, you know, has done harm to someone else. How you feel about hip-hop culture, like, celebrating that or whatever? I mean, I believe I, I believe it's great for the fact that, I mean, you, yeah, he committed a crime, but he paid his debt to society. He's, he's conscious about what he did, and he basically stood on or stood on all ten toes and actually took more time so his friend wouldn't get as much time. So so he could come home together because Bobby could have taken less time and Roddy would have ended up having more. So the, the story is, and I, I believe I have the facts right, um, that, um, that Roddy actually took a couple extra years to shorten, I mean, Bobby actually took a couple extra years just to shorten shorten Roddy's sentence, which is which is stand up. I mean, he, he did what he did. He took his charge like a man. He did his time, and now he comes home, and I believe that, that should be celebrated. That be commended. I mean, anytime, you know, if you, if you know you did something wrong, I mean, hey, give me my time. I'm not going to pull nobody down with me. I mean, I'm going to do, I'm going to take it, take it on the chin, and I'm going to do what I got to do, and I'm going to you know, circle back when it's my time. And that's what he's doing right now. I mean, as you seen him in the club, like somebody tried to pass him a drink. That guy's still on probation. So he said, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, both of them are still on probation until like 2026, though. So they still, they're, they're free, but they're not free. They're on that, you know, they're they on that meat mill freedom right now. Yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting place to be in. What do you think about, do you think that they need to verbally say, like, I'm sorry publicly? You know? Like, do they need to say that in order, like, everything you said, do they need to say, listen, I, I apologize for what I've done and everything. Do they need to verbally say that, or we just need to let that ride? Absolutely not. I mean, I believe they did their time. I mean, they paid the price. They paid the price. You said seven long years of your life, and you're going to wear, you know, 18, 19 for seven years. That's that's a that's a big chunk of your maturity. Like, when you mature as a man, and yeah. you, you know, goes in between that, you know, that frame of 18 and 25, so that's when you really start seeing and figuring yourself out, and, um, you know, that they, these guys had to figure themselves out in a jail cell, and now they're just coming back into a world that's fully changed, that's, like, gentrified, like, it's yeah. not, not the same. Yeah. Brooklyn ain't the same, D.C. ain't the same, Baltimore ain't the same, yeah. nothing is the same, social media isn't the same, so um, it, it's just, I believe they paid their debt to society, and both of them. Well, I mean, I haven't spoken to Bobby, but like I said, I spoke to spoke to Roddy, and it seems like you know they matured and they, they understand what they did, and they're just trying to move on with their life and take that next step. And that's what the that's what the system is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be rehabilitation, right? Yeah. Technically, it's supposed to be correctional, rehabilitation, right? correctional. Yeah, it's correctional. Yeah, it's <laughs> to correct them, right? So, so they've done their time. So technically, they should be corrected, right? Yeah. So let them be. Yeah, hip hop is at you know I always feel like hip hop is at a strange place because you know. What you say? I'm sorry, the phone went out. What you say? 
You say something? No, I said, so let them be. And I said, let them be until proven otherwise. Yeah. Now, I'm just saying, hip-hop has always been a strange place because it's always to those who are on the outside. And even to me, man, as I'm getting older, what we praise and what we don't, you know? And I think the Bobby Shamurda and Roddy Rebel situation, for those that, especially the young the young kids that was loving Takashi 6 9 And you know, man, you know my story. I worked with youth for like 10 years or whatever, up until like two years ago. And, you know, there was a new era of kids that was looking at that situation like, well, isn't he justified for this? Isn't he justified for that? And it does seem like to have Bobby Shimmer come home right after that because it's fresh. You could make that comparison to actually have that conversation with youth and say, listen, here's a scenario where this dude right here had a similar situation. Not all the way, but in the streets or whatever. And they took their, like you said, they took their punishment like the way they're supposed to take it. You know what I mean? And to your point, you don't necessarily may or may not, depending on who you ask, need that verbal out loud, like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, like, a, you know, read like a formal apology. Just the fact of how your actions played that you didn't go start pointing fingers. Even when you see how Takashi's acting out, right, of still trying to get attention, still in shade room dissing people and it's still going on. You see Bobby Shimmer and Robert, Roddy, uh, Roddy Rebel. They just doing their thing. They just enjoying life because they had years taken from them, even just on how they're moving. So I, I'm with you on that. You don't necessarily necessarily need that. If they are sorry, I hope they are for whatever they, whatever involvement they may or may not have had. I, I hope absolutely they, don't think they need to do that. It's not a necessarily. Don't yeah. Think they, I don't think they should do it at all. I don't think they should. Well, some, some people may, but see, some people may feel that way because they're public figures, and that's what I'm going to say may or may not. Some people may feel that if you're getting all this celebration and you're getting all this media press, you need to also verbally express remorse based upon your actions. That's that's what some may say, and I'm only speaking for those type of voices. Should the judge express remorse and sentence me to seven years? Not if you did it. Not if you oh, did it. Okay, but I'm just saying, I paid my debt. I, all the sorries I did was in the jail cell. But there's a like, cele- but there's a celebrity aspect to that though, act is what I'm saying. It's one thing if you're talking about Joe Blow walking down the street. But if you're a celebrity and you're coming out getting this celebrity praise and you're all you're getting this whole media run, some may make that argument that yeah, you need to also be verbal and be vocal about your redemption and you being sorry about that your part that you may have played in that. That's the part Absolutely that comes that, that's the part that's a little bit different. Absolutely not. I hear you. I'm just saying I understand that side too. I don't necessarily have a dog in the fight because I'm just really just kind of watching how they're moved and I'm seeing how Bobby and Roddy are moving and I'm saying that comparison right there enough to how Takashi has moved to me is something to still look at. Just the actions alone. You can tell by the way they move. Both of them, they're still paranoid as hell. Like, they're paranoid. Like, they don't want to go back to jail. They neither one of them want to go back to jail. They ain't doing nothing. Like, you tell yeah. by the way they move. Uh, Bobby's open and moving around in bulletproof armored trucks. Shout out to Zoe Dollars because that's my guy. And that's his, um, his, his, that's his agency, the bulletproof armored armor, um, oh, okay. trucks. The bulletproof trucks. So, yeah, shout out to his business. If you're in Miami or you wherever, holler at my man Zoe Dollars if you need that. But, um... But yeah, so I just I just think they're moving very cautious, and then they, they you know they're being smart, and then that's one thing that they were not known for back then. They were very reckless. I'm with you. I'm totally with you, man. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. I mean, I, I totally agree with you, man. I mean, we that's what brings me back to the hip hop uncovered documentary. Um, did you watch all of it or just a few? How far did you get to it? I watched. I watched. I watched all of it. Yeah, I watched all of it. Um, I don't know about you. 
But the moment, what, 10, 15 minutes into the first episode, just the biggest surprise for me was to see Haitian Jack. Because Haitian Jack was like a boogeyman when I was coming up as a kid. Like, I didn't even know if he was real or not. He's like a pronoun, you know what I'm saying? So just to see the brother there, I was like, I remember, I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't necessarily take the documentary that serious. Hey, little man, I ain't really take the documentary that serious until um, I saw Haitian Jack pop up. What's up, little app? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was first of all for me. That's what made me sit up straight and 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 started to take notes or whatever. What about for you? What what brought you to that point of really paying attention, or would you like that from the jump? Every story when you know he was with the Supreme Team and how he talked about you know Black Just raised Fifty Cent and it just brought I, I just like the connecting of the dots that the whole thing that the whole documentary did that's that's more for me I like the, the way they connected all the dots. I did think they were missing one aspect though, and I think I saw in interviews maybe on Drink Champs with Big U. I did think that they were missing someone from the South, but Big U said that he reached out to Jay Prince and apparently Jay Prince is doing his own thing. Um, and he's doing his own thing, doing his own um, thing. But, but you know you know Deb is technically she's the south she, she's nah she, she's, she's Queens she's from New York she's Queens but no. she has a big imprint in everything in, in Atlanta yeah but you you needed somebody who was like from there you needed somebody who was from there you, you it would've you wanna like yeah you wanna like Jay Jeter <laughs> I don't know who that is who's Jay Jeter maybe I'm tripping uh, he's um he's T.I.'s man Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh no, Jason Jeter. I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear your neck because of yeah, 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 yeah. That'd have been a great example, um, Jeter. If you could have got Jay Prince, you couldn't. But if you could have got Jay Prince, Tony Draper, Tony Draper would have been somebody like that from Suave House days. You know what I mean? Somebody from somebody who's born and bred from the South would have just completed it for me. Because everybody else was born and bred from where they're from. That's all I'm saying. Just one, it, huh? Excellent. But or or if it was about hip hop uncovered, right? Maybe there's somebody in the streets in the south that we don't know, because technically that's what it's supposed to be about. These are people who have been behind the scenes for a very long time, and so it was about bringing them to the front. So maybe it could have been somebody from New Orleans, somebody definitely somebody from Atlanta, considering there's so many people who go to Atlanta and do their thing. But there's some there's some street dudes in Atlanta making that happen too, and I'm saying it would have been nice to see them. Maybe they're all locked up. I don't know. I'm just saying that the documentary, I'm just saying that the doc was missing that homegrown, anybody from the South, Texas, anybody. It could have been Mississippi, any street official person from the South. And I understand they couldn't get Jay Prince, but I, I would have liked to see somebody there is all I'm saying. Because they literally cover everything else. I mean, that was the first time I seen the hip hop doc that covered East, West, um, and Midwest. And Midwest. Like, I've never seen that before in the documentary where they covered Midwest, East, West, you know what I'm saying? And then they went down south, but I just would have liked for them to have someone born and bred. But besides that, though, it was, you know, like I said, what'd you think about when they got to talking about Tupac and Haitian Jack and all that? Uh, you know, he has this thing. You can tell Haitian, he, he still hurt. He still, yeah. he, he still has, yeah. like, if, if I was, they still be beefing right now if Pac was Yeah, born, like yeah. You can tell. Like he want, he wish Pac was alive right now so they can have a talk, they can have a sit down. He do, he do, he do. <laughs> like he, he like he wants Pac to somehow pop up so they can sit down. He does. <laughs> he was like, and and I'm out the country and he's he's in well, well the, you know the, the 
urban folklore is Pox in Cuba. But <laughs> what is with Asante Shakur? With Asante Shakur, right? Yeah, but um, Haitian Jack is actually in DR, so they are skipping and jumping away. So I'm sure Haitian Jack. Whoa, I'm sure Haitian Jack is like wishing that he could run into Tupac right now. So that was you can tell he's still bitter. Like that that hurt ain't gone nowhere. 25 what? years and he still he still feel the same way right now what do you say to that when it comes to what Haitian Jack was saying that Tupac wasn't what he was I was having an argument with a, a conversation I would say with a friend of mine online who was like well you know Tupac wasn't street and you know the more documentaries come out the more it makes Tupac like a bad light and I kind of disagree with that because I think that one of the things that play a part into that era was how reckless the media was back then Kevin Powell, who used to write for Vibe magazine and was on The Real World the first season, you know, excellent writer in hip-hop. I remember I saw him on a beef documentary, and he talked about how a lot of the hip-hop journalists and the culture, they were young themselves. So, you know, they were just they were just reckless with their writing because Tupac was screaming out the top of his lungs what Thug Life meant, but they were only painting him as one image. And they didn't. those artists back then didn't have social media and stuff right there where they can control their own narrative. They really did yeah, have to depend on the Source magazine and Rolling magazine. Right. But they really had to depend on these other outlets to get their story right versus now. I don't think artists recognize or realize how fortunate they are when they can go on live and tell you how they feel. Can you imagine a Cardi B in the 90s? They would have been misquoting her all day, you know, when, when it comes to that. And I, and, I, and I think that when it came to the Pac scenario, first of all, I like the fact that Haitian Jack kind of called a punk called their situation a punk ass case when it was a full-fledged rape case you know what i'm saying that let me know the level of gangster he was at where you just like yeah you know some some punk ass case i'm like okay that was a real serious case you know what i'm saying but that let you know the level that he was he was on you know what i mean like for him to be able to blow smoke at that like it's nothing that's that's a pretty serious thing and i didn't realize that tupac was probably the, one of the first dudes on wax to beef with people that was in the streets because at that time we didn't know who these guys were like us who don't live in New York yeah, and all that. Like, he was the first one to call street dudes out Yeah. I went back and listened. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. I I heard that Tupac had issues with Jimmy Henchman. I didn't realize that he said it on Machiavelli. I went back and listened. I was like, oh, snap. It's clear as day. I, I knew Haitian Jack. Of course, everybody knew that. But I didn't know he... That was the, They said that was, the, that was like the first time, man. I mean, was Tupac... When you look back on it, was he out of pocket for that? He was mad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was mad. Like I said, like, one thing, one thing Haitian Jack did say about Pac that I did kind of, I did kind of agree with and thought, I mean, you still got to take it all with a grain of salt because it's coming from a hurt place. Mm-hmm. So anything coming from a hurt place, you got to take it with a grain of salt because he clearly is still hurt about the entire situation mm-hmm. with Pac. Mm-hmm. He's clearly so. So I do take it with a grain of salt, but he did say Pac had the perfect name because it's two Pacs because it was all, it was two Pacs which was two people, and I think that came across in his music, too. It always did, so I think that was a true statement that it was two, two, it was two pops. So, um, yeah, because he was always, you know, he, even if you, you watch the documentaries, you listen to his music, like, he was torn, like, from which way to go. Like, I could be this way, this way, and Tupac was a Gemini, so it just all, yeah. it just all wraps into one, yeah. too. So it's like he was split personality, which could be, nowadays, they would classify that as bipolar, Yeah. right? Yeah. And so, and that, that and that's that's how I feel. Yeah, I mean that you're right. That was the era back then. We wasn't talking about nowhere. We don't even talk about mental health and mental awareness for the past maybe five six years publicly on this stage. But back then, it was a get over it type of situation. 
And that's probably yeah, yeah. that's probably Today he would be probably classified as bipolar. Hands down. I mean, and that's probably the most consistent story I've ever heard of Pac from anyone, whether they like him or not, is for people who knew him say that he was he had multiple personalities. I mean, you know, Big in the movie said, you know, he was all he was all those things. He was every he was everything that you said, he was everything, good and bad. And I think that is something to be said. And these, and these are real people. You're right. I do think that Haitian Jack was speaking from a hurt place. And just to be clear, not saying hurt like, you know, he's soft or nothing like that. But when somebody... No, makes, he, just still, he still has an emotional attachment yeah, when to the you, situation. When you feel betrayed by someone, regardless of what everyone else may feel, exactly. when you feel betrayed by someone, that resonates with you. And I, I understand that totally. You know, um, there was a situation back at home. There was a guy, homie. I did not F with at all, like at all. And when he died, everybody was praising this dude. Everybody around me was praising this dude. And I was sitting back like, <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Because to me, he was a scumbag of the earth. You know what I'm saying? But I just want to keep it a buck. Like, so I understand in a certain, in a certain realm what H. Jack is coming from, at least on that part where you feel like you know something about somebody, but this person is loved. And there's nothing you can say about that. And you got to sit on your hands and you got to really take that. And, and it's almost like their death makes them a legend. It blows yeah, them up bigger compared, than what they are. He compared Pac, he compared Pac fans to Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah, that was, now that was wild right there. That was wild right there. I don't know. I don't know about that one, though. Yeah, I don't know about that one. They're going to believe what they're going to believe. Yeah, I don't know about that one, but that, that was wild. That was hilarious, but it was like... yeah. The, the one individual I have to say I was the most impressed by was Deb. I was highly impressed by Deb. Now, Bimmy looked familiar to me, and then I realized I met Bimmy because when he got to talking about LL Cool J, because LL Cool J, when, me and you, when you and I worked at the rail station, LL came to the station, Bimmy was with him. I remember that slightly, unless I'm tripping about it. But Deb was the... I've seen Bimmy, too. I've seen Bimmy on The Humble. Yeah, a couple of times. Deb was probably the one I was the most impressed by, like her story. Like I, I liked how they glossed over the fact that her godfather was probably a mob was was a mob figure. They, they they just glossed over that real smooth, like, and how connected Deb was, you know. And even who Deb is now, like I just got so much respect for her, and her being a woman, her being in the streets, her holding on to certain codes yeah. and everything like that. And how deep in the game her dad was, like they, like they sugarcoated and airbrushed right past how much like. They had so much dope in the house that she put it on his baby powder. Yeah. Like, uh, her fuck, that dad was, was moving, like, moving. That's a lot. <laughs> 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 and we ain't talking about, we ain't talking about cocaine. We talking about heroin. Right, so right, right. That, that no, uh, whew, heroin is light. <laughs> so it's like, in order to have a lot of more of that, it, it costs more in the, you know, in, in the, in for, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> right. It, it's, it, it's a lot. What do, you, what do you think about when it comes to them talking about the street codes and how things ran and when they got to the part where they were on, talking about social media and how these kids now in the new era can be gangster online and everything like that and, do you think that the ethics and the codes that they follow, do you think that they ever had any kind of le legitimacy? Because when I think about it, I'm going to walk this really slowly. When you think about the streets as, as, as it is, the streets is like you're in there and you're in there with a bunch of, a bunch of lions and tigers and bears and everybody is, is doing what they're doing to get past. So there is some betrayal. It, it can be like subjective. 
You may think you've been holding on to the code and holding on to the honor, but like we just talked about, the Haitian Jack might feel differently. Is that fair to hold that to the standard and try to say, well, these kids now, nah, they don't have no morals and ethics when you're all doing bad? Like, technically, I'd rather have these kids talking trash online than actually doing killing. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're just going to be online being a troll, that's, for me, that's way better than if you out there killing and dying and all of that. But what do you think about that? You think that there's a way to stake on that? Like, do they have a legitimate argument that in that era, those codes and ethics helped you get by, or it really doesn't matter in the first place? Uh, that's, that's a tough one. But, I mean, I understand what you're saying about how, you know, it, 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 it's safer for them to do it that way, the way you said it. It's, mm-hmm. it's safer. I won't say it's better because it's still, you know, now in a day it's extra sensitive, cyberbullying, all that other stuff. So it's it's safer for the, for the Internet trolls to be Internet trolls, but... In, in the streets, you know, somebody could really, you know, reach out and touch you. So it, it, it made you become, it made you stand on whatever you said. And now it's just like you can just, you know, just be in your room. Yeah. <laughs> and um, say whatever you want. And that just continues to, and that just continues to grow. And the, and the sad thing about it is that, you know, the negative and, and the buffoonery, it gets more love than, you know, authenticity. And people mm-hmm. who are really in depth into the craft and really and really doing it and i think that's the same uh say so i think that's the same thing you know the real street dudes are trying to say is that the authenticity of it is taken away by that because you know just the buffoonery and all the acting uh the spielsbergy and um behind the phones and behind the cameras that people can do and then you know never be seen from like they could be in middle america somewhere and act like they're in the pits of the, in the streets and, and say and do whatever and it comes across that way because, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. If you're not around and you really don't understand, I mean, you know, that's why I said wise man don't, said don't argue with fools because people from a distance, they can't they can't tell who's who. And people mm-hmm. really don't know, they can't tell if you're acting or not. So, and that's, and that's the way it comes off. So, I think that's the same thing. It's just they're, they're just, they're arguing that the authenticity of what they represent is not being carried on. It's not that that they're all doing bad or that they're all they're not doing it the right way it's just they're not authentic and if you're doing anything whether it's good or bad they you know you're supposed to be authentic because let's let's be honest there's a craft to just about everything and and Mm -hmm. when you're in something you want to respect the craft like if if i'm hustling i'm I'm, I'm a it's a craft to hustle it's a craft to being a successful hustler there's mm-hmm. a craft to being a successful criminal. There's a, there's a craft to being a DJ. There's a craft to being a personality. There's a craft to being everything. So basically, what I think they're arguing is the respect for the craft. Got it. No, nah, that's real. Drawing our way getting to the point. No, 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 no. I, I think you made it. I think you touched on it. I think it's something to be said about that. And also, back then, you had checks and balances. If you act, if you act, you know, wild, or you stepped out of your square. There was somebody there who would check you and you respected that person. Now there's no checks. Like people can't really check you if you're in your room in Arizona. I can't come find you and really check you. I gotta be tech I gotta be a a, a a real tech person to locate you, find you, to find out that you're somewhere in Alaska talking trash and to have a conversation with you. That's a lot. Versus back in the day, hip hop was a lot smaller. You were gonna run into someone and then you were gonna be forced to have a conversation or be held accountable for who you were. And nowadays, you're not going to be necessarily held accountable all the time. You can just run. Yeah, it's virtual because I can I can be everywhere and not leave my house all day, all day. 
Um, one thing I probably you can be everywhere and, and talk about everybody and everything and everywhere and you know be, be in your room. Yeah. The one thing I was I was I wasn't necessarily feeling, and I've been seeing this pattern. I remember I saw it in the Benzino video um, interview when he was on Drink Champs, and I saw Bimmy mention it when he talked about his situation with Dev Jam. First of all, on the side note, one thing I like about street dudes when they do a documentary how they come, how they can come in and speak very candidly about nothing sometimes. Like they they, like they can speak very vague because you can still tell their street and you got to kind of read in between the lines. And so when Bimmy was talking about his experience with Dev Jam and how Kevin Lyles and the other lady, I can't remember her name, unfortunately, at this time, how they did him at Dev Jam, he was like, you know, in the streets, the consequences are more, you know, they, they college dudes, you know, they college kids, they don't get it. And sometimes, man, I, be, I hear this nar narrative about people who are in college as if they don't know the streets. And I'm like, no, the people who did you like that, that's because they, they didn't do that because they went to college. That just, they were already who they were. They were already cowards. Or they were already someone who didn't stand by their word. The industry gives them a reason to perform the way they were. But when I was in school and you was in school or whatever, there were definitely street dudes who had came from the streets and found their way in school. There was definitely, I definitely was with people, especially in my first couple of years in college, that were, that was paying for their um, tuition through means of the streets, you know what I'm saying? Or some of them who came from families that were, like you said, like a Deb Anthony, you know, like Deb's family that came from drug families, their families were paying for their school through the streets. You know what I mean? So those people do exist in there. And not just something I just like to point out when I see that is like, no, someone not holding on to their word. That's because that's who their character is. You know, that's that's who their character is. Now, they understand that the consequences ain't the street. That's why they're doing it. You know what I mean? Like, just like you got some people in the streets, because you always had people who held... Social media just gave people better tools to be cowards. But you always had that person, you know, at, we talk about this all the time on offline. You always had that person who would talk mad trash from afar, even that dude on your block who had six brothers and sisters. And they were all in the streets. He really wasn't in the streets, but his brothers and sisters in the streets, so he was able to talk the most reckless trash. It's just that social media just gave people more tools and platforms to do that on. So cowards and people who wasn't on their word, that's always existed. It just advanced with the technology. It's just what it is. It's just less reachable now. It's less reachable now, yeah. yeah less reachable now. They are less reachable. Yeah. 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 Versus me going through your six brothers and sisters now I gotta go through a million people online and stuff like that. It's not it's not the same thing. But yeah. That's cool, man. That's you know what I mean. I, I think I think that doc was something that was needed. I mean, much respect to Big U. It is interesting to hear people that you've been hearing in shout outs, because hip hop don't do shout outs no more. And when Big U talked about how corrupt shouted him out, I was like, I remember that song. Like when people used to be shouting out random people that you didn't know who they were. So shout out to um all of them in there. I think the documentary was good. And it's a, you know, I well, think Nipsey it's, did. Nipsey just shouted him out not too long ago. Well that that's what I mean. I'm saying you don't hear it as often. Nipsey was also a street dude. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear it as often is all I'm saying. You know, now people don't really shout out that used to be a hip hop thing where people would shout out like twelve people, you had no idea who they were. That used to be a real thing back in the day. So shout out to, you know, to to Big U and all of them for putting that together. And I'd like to see more from it. You know what I mean? I would like to see uh, next chapters of that. I mean, shout out to them having Trick Trick. That's the first time I ever saw people really go to Detroit. Well, they said it's going to be a different. It's going to be another one. They're going to they gonna do it again. I hope so, man. You know, I was I was yeah, loving I was loving the fact that they went, you know, to my hometown. And I was hurt when they got to talking about proof because, you know, that still, that still sits, you know, that still sits a bad place within me when I hear about the story of proof, man, because it just, 
it was just something that I just feel like just should not happen, you know. I mean, but they had to talk about the consequences. I think we don't and talk another, about the consequences another thing enough. You gotta watch. I don't know if you've seen it. I said another thing you gotta watch. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. It's probably one of my one of my favorite rappers ever. I mean, just just period. But I believe he also has like one of the best shows. I'm talking about Nori, the Drink Champs. Like all of them did the Drink Champs. I watched it. Yeah, it was dope. You watch the drink champs. Yeah, it was dope. it was drink good. Was great. They actually went into detail a lot, and you know he got a Nori got got a lot out of them. I think Nori has probably the best show hands down. Period. No, no, no. It, it was no. Shout out to Nori. Yeah, some of the, some of the some of my responses were to that. Yeah, drink champs. They was on there. It was good. That's why I say I respect Dev. Every time Dev talks, I'm respecting her even more. You know what I mean? Because that's really who she is. You know, I'm, I'm respecting her even more, man. So no, nah, it was it was dope, man. Yo, man. So let's 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 us also, man. Let's let's before we close out, let's talk about the 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 the, the stimmy money bag Joe. How you feel about that stimmy check, man? You think you think you think it's gonna be popping uh, I, out I, here? I still ain't got mine yet, so I, I mean it's definitely gonna be popping. I mean I still ain't got mine yet, but uh, I mean I, I'm, I'm happy. I got it. I got to file some paper. I think I got um I got I got to file my taxes. Cause you don't file your taxes, you don't get it. Yeah, they want you to file your taxes for twenty. 
I just like I said, get, get, I got shit to do. So just just give me my shot now. Let me go. I, I got to be. I got to go in, 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 and I don't want be worried about nothing crazy. So. Yeah, the one thing that I'll say, I, I say to people, man, is that, you know, you know where I live. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the hood, man. I've been seeing more white people in the hood lately because they've been at these first, they've been at these urgent cares, they've been at these pharmacies getting their shots. White people be coming all in the hood getting it in droves. And so I understand our concern because of our history, but people are taking advantage of our mistrust and they are skipping in line. Um, I have my... I mean, the statistics are, it's been like 70, 30. White, more white people have been getting um, yeah. the vaccine. So if yeah. they're trying, they trying to kill somebody, they're killing the wrong ones. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I like, you know, I, I got the first shot. I have to wait two more. Yeah, one week. I You had to wait three. I had to wait three. I got to wait. I had to wait three weeks for the second one. So I'm about two weeks in to um, for my second one. But I got the first one. And my arm was just a little bit sore. That's a, you know, that was about it you know, for for that experience. But when I went, bro, when I tell you it was mad white people in that joint when I went, like I'm talking about in droves, like it was some black people there, but man, the white people were just, it was more black people that were like workers who were giving us a shot. But overall, man, them white folks was there and they were in the hoods. I went to Southeast. They were in, they were there. So well, I, need, I need to get mine so I can, I can, get, up, I can get up out of here. I'm outside. <laughs> You are you you gonna you like Atlanta? You gonna be wide open? I'm outside. Whoa, pause. I'm not wide open. <laughs> I'm not wide open. But I'm outside. <laughs> I can't, yo. I can't. Um, how do you think this is going to affect the versus? Because you know, Trilla Network had bought versus from Timberland and Swiss Beats. Do you think we'll still be the things that we created while we were on lockdown? When we open back up, are we still going to be investing in those things? Like, are we still going to be watching verses and things of that nature? I think it'll become, yeah, I think we will because it's still, you know, a celebration of two artists, whether it continues to be on Instagram or not. But um, it's still going to be what it is because you, you're putting these two artists in the same place and they're celebrating their music and going back and forth on these catalogs and, I believe that'll st- it's always going to be a place for stuff like that. Yeah. Because we're always going to see want to see our favorite artists, you know, next to each other. Yeah. It's like seeing it's like seeing your favorite basketball players like go head to head. It's just like that's something that's that 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 demand is never going to go away. No, it's not, man. It's not. I mean, I think when I was on my trap sabbatical, that was when Keisha Cole and and Ashanti, um was was doing theirs or whatever i didn't get a chance to check that one out but all the ones before that i was i was rocking with um but you know when i was on my sabbatical i was chilling in the middle of nowhere with nothing so it was just it was just me and 400 something plus acres of of nothingness so that's where i was but yeah i do think that it has become something bigger than us just being not having nothing to do you're right it is a celebration of legends and you can never run out of celebrating legends you know, you can never run out of that. You know, we need to give people flowers while they're alive. I mean, I would never thought I would have saw Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight, you know, coming from Swiss Beats and Timberland, just playing their music on live. Like, I would never thought I would saw that grow from that. So I'm interested to see how far I can go, even to the point when we open back up, man, maybe we can have actual full-fledged concerts about it. You know, maybe there can actually be shows about it that we can all see live. I think there will. I mean, anytime, anytime a podcast can be can be in a front of a live audience. I think there's a place for a versus to be in front of a live audience. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. No, I'm with you. Yeah, man. Well, before we get about it, man, a couple shout outs, man. Shout out to, you know, while we were, while when we was gone for a minute, but um, recently Cardi B celebrated Bodak Yellow going diamond, which is a big deal. 
So I think Absolutely. she's I think first she's female first female, right? With a diamond record. With a diamond and single. She's also the, she's also one of the first females. She, so she's the fastest to go five times platinum with WAP. And these both are right on the on the on the heels of each other. Yeah. Yeah, she went diamond. She's the first person to go diamond with a song. Well, you know, first female rapper to go diamond with a song. So shout out to her on that. That's a big freaking deal. That's not easy. And so much has changed from Cardi B's life since Bodak Yellow too. The last hip hop song to go diamond was Trap Queen. So that tells you that don't happen every day. No, it doesn't happen, man. And even tonight, um, I'm not. I'm not sure she's gonna be there, but a lot of people on Twitter have been pushing and hoping that Freddie Gibbs get the Grammys tonight. Get his Grammy tonight because Freddie Gibbs got nominated. If you'd have told me ten years ago Freddie Gibbs been nominated for a Grammy, I would have slapped you because I just wouldn't have believed it. But I do think his. Well, do, well, I, well, I, you can slap me if he went because I don't think he's going. You know what's going to happen. It's Grammys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the weekend boycotting the Grammys because you know they, he feels like they did him dirt. And Beyonce just said she ain't going, and the Grammys was mad because she ain't. She said she wasn't. She was out and said she wasn't supporting it. Well, not not supporting. She's not performing. You know, she's too gracious to, you know, put herself out there like that. Right. She's not supporting it. AKA, I'm, it ain't safe for you. It ain't safe to me out here performing for y'all ninjas. I ain't out here performing for y'all ninjas right now. It ain't safe yet. It ain't, we, we ain't there yet. I mean, Moneybag Joe, you know, President Joe Biden said that he's hoping that we get back to some sort of normalcy by July 4th. Get it? Independence, July 4th. He's hoping that we get to that. That don't mean we'll, we'll be there yet. So I don't blame I Beyonce. Will, I think we will. Memorial Day. Well, I think I think our region, DC, Maryland, Virginia, will be fully open Memorial Day. Cause we've been wearing masks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the mask mandate is gonna be there. I say till the end of in the summer, till Labor Day. You know, once everybody has been, you know, the majority of the, you know, all the citizens have been vaccinated, and the, you know, the rates are close to nothing. So um, that's what I think they'll they'll get rid of the mask. Yeah, but if you Beyonce, you can afford to sit on your hands and say everything is completely okay. You can do that. Because you Beyonce. She don't got to show up regardless. So it's totally fine. Yeah, I totally get it. All right, bro. It was good, man. You know what I mean? Um, anything that's coming up that we need to be aware of? What's up with Impact TV and everything like that? Uh, still moving. Still moving on um, IG channel. Impact T- it's Impact TV. YouTube It's Impact TV. All my interviews with all my artists and all your favorite artists are right there. So go ahead and check that out. Like I said, that Roddy Rebel interview is up and... Um, so a whole bunch of other stuff up there you can check out as well. Right. And um, make sure you can check out my stuff on Walks and Choose Bubblegum. I'm still writing for AURN and putting out content. We actually just did um, a video on the YouTube of AURN Online um, about black film school students. And I talked to Mariah Jirame, who is the director of the movie that came out last year called Residue, him and two other black film directors. So that was a good discussion and you know conversation we had. You can also check the link in my bio. If you want to check that out, man, you know, good black creatives coming together and having a good, healthy dialogue about a lot of things, too. So you can check that out. Also, big shout out to um, big shout out to everybody that's been hitting me up when I was on the Good Girl podcast uh, about my article that I wrote um, called Confessions of a uh, Former F-Boy. <laughs> and um, a lot of people was hitting me up when I me and the girl Cameo King. Cameo is who's real dope. She's a fellow 313 also, and she's a fellow Bison, but she reached out to me and I. Much appreciate to her and the homie Rika who had me on her single you podcast. I was on there talking about the same article, you know, two different perspectives. So big shout out to both of them for having me on a platform, man, to be able to have these kind of dialogues. So, you know, big up to them. You can also check that out. The link in my bio too at J Hall Society. 
But, you know, that's about it, bro. You know, me, me and you would talk soon. And, yo, you be safe, man. Tell little Ak I said hi. I see you've been pushing him off this whole time. But tell little man we said we say hi, man, and give everybody my best, brother. And you continue to do what you do. All right, same to you, bro. All right, my G, be easy, man. Uh, it's the Hip Hop Matrix Show.